You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. But uh, we're in the middle of our uh, conversation, our countdown to number one, Ten Commandments. How many people are enjoying it so far? You know, I felt a little bit of uh, challenge and conviction along the way. Good, wonderful, amazing. Anyone return any stolen goods? Anyone not murder anyone this week? Good job, well done, fantastic. Well, today we are looking at the, the first commandment of the commandments that talk about our relationship with people. So number five is honor your mother and father. And it's the first, so the first four talk about our relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there are four specific commandments that talk about how we would honor God. But then there's six commandments that talk about our relationship with people. And so in this one, this first one, we have honor your father and mother. Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let me pray as we open the word together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Thank you, God, that in your word, it teaches us that we are to honor those that have it brought life to us. And so, Father, we just pray. Lord, I, I recognize that even in this room, Lord, many, uh, our relationship with our parents is, is going to be quite different. Those that have had a good relationship, those that have had a difficult relationship. But, Father, I pray that in our hearts we would still show honor where you ask us to, to our parents. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a young teenage boy had just got his driver's license. Any guys just getting their driver's license or starting to learn? Fantastic. And so he asks, as you do, Dad, can I borrow the car? Dad says, that's fine. We can talk about that, but there's a few things I need to see kind of just change a little bit. Now, we've got to get your grades from, from C average up to B average. Now, I want to see you studying the Bible a bit more. Yeah, I want you to be in the Word and, and grow. And then the third thing, I want you to have a haircut. All right? Shaggy here, I want you to have a haircut. So the boy diligently goes about it. Six weeks later, having the conversation with his dad again, Dad, can I borrow the car? He says, well, son, I've noticed that you've got your, your grades up from a C average to a B average. I notice you've been in the Word, um, and that's wonderful. I can see you studying the Word every day, but uh, a little bit disappointed that uh, you haven't had your hair cut yet. He says, well, Dad, as I've been studying the Word, I've noticed that you know, Samson had long hair, right? And Moses and and, and, and possibly even Jesus, there's, there's probably evidence to believe that they all had long hair, to which the father replied, and yes, and they all, were, they all walked, son. So. I find it fascinating that the, the first commandment that talks about our relationship with people, so number five, we've been working backwards, but obviously we're landing here at, at, at fives. I find it fascinating that it's honor your mother and father. I would have thought do not murder would have been right up, right up there, right? Do not murder, do not commit adultery, honor your father and mother. Probably in that order it would make sense. But God chose, this is the first one, to honor your father and mother. I think families are under attack. Anyone agree with that? The family unit as a whole is under attack. In Britain for 16 years, did you know there was an ad campaign called the Oxo family. Those of you who, who are familiar with it, Oxo is a gravy and you, know, you have it with your meal. And, and so 40 different advertisements over 16 years 
this family growing up with little kids into teenage years and growing up and having girlfriend, boyfriend, and then going off and driving and all that kind of stuff. So th- this journey of coming around the meal. But in 1999, it was pulled. Do you know why? Because they no longer represented family anymore. Because why would you have a husband and a wife, a mother and a father and three children? That doesn't represent the family anymore. Paul, because it didn't quite represent what the world would say family should be. Our media portrays families as a dysfunctional mess. In fact, every comedy that's been written, fathers are portrayed as useless, morons. The, the wife is generally the wise one, the one that keeps the family together. In fact, I was thinking of creating a sitcom where you've got a husband and wife and mutual submission to each other. They're strong in their values and they love one another. They serve one another. I don't know if anyone would buy into it. It would probably seem a little boring. But that's the kind of boring I want to sign up for. That's the kind of life I want to live in that's far from boring. When you have a family that's functioning the way God intends it to be. Over the years, I've had conversations with parents struggling to parent their kids. And obviously, we, we took a little while in our own journey, and we are now walking through that journey. We've got a 13-year-old, an almost 10, and a 7-year-old. We don't know anything beyond 13. At this stage, we're glad we've got people in our world that have been there and have, have raised their kids, and we're so glad to have those people in our world. But one of the things that I've, I've found is, is so many parents are wanting to be their child's best friend rather than being their parent. We've seen children raising families, setting the tone, setting how the family will operate rather than parents saying, this is how we're going to act and behave and treat one another as a family. I love Nigel Latter's TV program about a decade ago. Some of you may remember it, The Politically Incorrect Parenting Show. Now, that, that name, title, phrase wouldn't even get past the census today, right? Politically Incorrect Parenting. What I loved about that program is it put the, the power back in the hands of the parents, where the parents could lead their family, where the parents could discipline their family, could, could put boundaries and support around the family. And this is what I love about this church. As I look out, I don't see a young church. I don't see an old church. I see a generational church. I see people who have raised children who have now had children and some even have children. I see young ones sitting in here, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14 years old, sitting in here and, and you're growing in their relationship with God. Some of them in our junior leadership program, already making an impact on the next generation. And, I, and I'm so blessed to see this church is multi-generational. Not pushing those that are older aside and going, you've had your turn. It's like, no, we lean in and we say, come on, please lead me. Please teach me. I want to learn. I want to grow from you. I love that our, our family small group night, which happens on a Tuesday, our fortnightly um, throughout the term, it's amazing. I've been praying and believing for this for over 15 years. And all the time we've been leading a church, a, a place where families can grow, where the kids will grow, be discipled. But also parents can go, hey, how do we do this thing? You've got five parenting couples that have signed up to coach, to walk alongside. 
Amazing, absolutely amazing. And there's room for more. This is my promotion. When we come to small group sign up next week, we've got our marketplace. If you're not a part of it, come and join us. Maybe you're saying, I don't have kids. I'm raised. I've raised them. They're all gone. They're off doing their own thing. Yes, we need you. Come and be one of our coaches. Come and hang out with us on a Tuesday evening, once a fortnight. Come and pass on your wisdom, your knowledge. Let's grow some great families together. Come on, we are going to win as families. We're going to see in our own church, in our own generation, a restoring and a taking back of the family values that God desires for us. You know, the heart of this message today is a key word, honor. It's important I point out that in the middle of this conversation, I understand the honoring of parents is a difficult and a challenging thing. Certainly if you've had a difficult relationship with your parents, maybe actually you've experienced physical, even sexual abuse at the hands of your parents. And that's reality for many. That they've had a difficult relationship with their mother or their father. And to hear this, just like everything within, inside of you says, that's, I can't. Now, the way you were raised and the things that happened to you were not right. But we can still show honor to the one that gave us life. As hard as that is, the Bible says if we were to honor our parents, then we will live long in the land. This morning, I want to give honor to God by honoring how he established families. Here's a few thoughts this morning. Number one, God planned the family through multiple generations. I love God's design. When God created Adam and Eve, he made them in his image and he declared that's why a man will leave his own father and mother. He marries a woman and the two of them become like one person. It goes on in Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your family and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. I will bless you and make your descendants into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless anyone who blesses you, but I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. Great promise, but Abraham was 75 years old and his chances of having kids were nil, without a miracle. And yet God says, I want to show you something, Abraham. Get out of the tent. Get out from the cover that you see, the thing that that restricts your vision. And I want you to see the stars. As you focus on the stars, you see all these stars. That's how many descendants you're going to have. The sand on the shore. That's that's how many kids you're going to have. That's the descendants that are going to be blessed because of you. And then from then on, Abraham had Isaac and Isaac had Jacob. And when God is described for many, many generations to come, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of generations. I love that we are a church of generations, but did you know we are only one generation from losing our faith? We're only one group of children that don't hear about the word of God who don't live it, don't practice it. We are only one away from losing it all. And you know, in scripture, one of my, my, the the most tragic verses that I've ever read is Judges chapter two, verse 10. It says, after that, so after Joshua's generation, it says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. Imagine if a generation grew up that didn't know the things of the Lord. 
We don't know exactly what happened, but what we do know is the kids grew up not knowing that God had parted the Red Sea. That God provided manna, quail, water out of a rock, the plagues that, that brought them out of Egypt. Those stories weren't retold. The miracles, didn't, they, they weren't talked about. And it is our responsibility as one generation to pass it on to the next. And you, you might say, well, I don't have kids. Yeah, you do. You've got spiritual kids. You've got people that look up to you. You've got people that, that, that carry this love for you in their heart. And that when you love them and when you lead them, you are raising a generation as well. And I want to encourage every single one of us to, to have that mindset. Let's not live for ourselves, but live for the generations. Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. I love one of the things we have here at church is something called the Parent Q app. If you haven't got it, you can download it from the, from the store, um, online store, Parent Q. All of our lessons that our children are learning, all of it's within that app. When you open it up, whatever they were learning that week is there within the app. Also, we get messages from Cindy and the team about what's happening, but, but there's some really cool things. There's something called drive time, meal time, and bedtime. This passage was when you're, when you're walking, when you're, when you're eating, when you're lying down. The, the basic moments in life that are just part of who you are, have the conversation, talk about God. You know, our children, we, we read the Bible together. Rosie's now reading it on her own. She's following the Bible recap plan and we sit down at night and we listen to the podcast together as she's learning, going through the Bible, going through chronologically through the Bible. Um, our Josiah, so he's almost 10, he's read the Action Bible through three or four times now. If, you, if you're looking for a Bible to engage a young guy, a young boy, really encourage you to grab that Action Bible. It's fantastic. It's like a, a graphic novel uh, following all the stories. Amazing, absolutely amazing. But Zoe and Josiah and I, we've been reading through at night the Bible through the Action Bible. And when we get to the last one and we're only a couple of chapters away, a couple of stories away, we're going out for dinner going out for a date with dad. We're going to celebrate finishing the Bible together. We're going to celebrate those moments. You know, and we, we have to be the ones that are telling our kids, this is what God has done. Telling our kids, this is how, when I got angry and I lost it completely, I asked for God's help and his love and his joy and his peace fill my heart and I, and I forgave somebody who'd hurt me or I made things right with somebody where I'd just got it wrong. Those are the conversations that we need to be having with our kids. Second thing this morning, talking about God's heart for family, is God will protect and preserve the family. We can have confidence that God will protect and preserve our family. When I look at the Bible, it's not a highlights reel. When you look through the Old Testament, there aren't as many highlights as you think. There's some incredible miracles, but there is so much dysfunction. And sometimes we can look at our family and go, my family's a mess. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yep, that's true. You're in good company with the line of Jesus. 
Let me just give you a few kind of one-liners on some of the heroes of the faith. The ones that God says, I'm going to choose you to bring this person into this world and to this person. And, and, and through the generations, we will see a savior. His name is Jesus. Listen to this. Noah, he was a drunk. Abraham, Sarah, too old. Isaac, he was a daydreamer. Jacob, he was a liar. Esau, I don't get this one, sold his birthright for a vegetarian casserole. Leah was ugly, sad, but he wanted the other wife. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair, that's okay, and was a womanizer. That's not okay. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, they were too young. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Naomi was a widow. Uh, Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Paul was too religious. And Lazarus, he was dead. (laughs) So we can look at the things in our world. We can look at even our own families and we say there is no hope. There is hope. There is hope. And it's found in Jesus And you know what? If our family isn't working the way it should, if we haven't quite got it right, we need to surrender our hearts again. This is why my encouragement to our men today, come on, we have the strength of our family in our hands, but it's not our strength. It's when I'm weak, God is strong. I want to share this from from Paul. He says in 1 Corinthians 1.27, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Come on, as as parents, do we feel foolish sometimes? Do we feel like we're weak sometimes? We do. And in that moment, we surrender again and say, God, I need your help. Some days I don't know what to do when it comes to parenting. But I still reach out to God and say, God, I need your help. Thank you. Paul goes on and he He's talking about his failures, his inadequacy. This thing that he wanted God to remove, it was too painful, it was too hard for him to handle. This is what Paul says. My grace, God says to Paul, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, says Paul, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. If there is dysfunction in your family, come on. God's power can work through you. If you will surrender that, if you carry on, if we try and carry on in our own flesh to solve the problem, good luck with that. Hasn't gone well for me when I've tried. You might do better than me, but I doubt it. But when I surrender my marriage and my my parenting and my relationships to God, and I boast of my weaknesses, I don't have what it takes, but God, we're a good team together. Thank you for empowering me to be a husband and a father and a friend. Third thing is, is God will bless those who honor their family. God will bless those who honor their family. Let me read this verse again. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Young people, honor your mother and father. Listen to them. Trust them. They're not here to ruin your fun. The boundaries that you feel are restricting you, they are to protect you. They're to help you. And as you grow in your relationship with your parents, as you honor them, guess what? They say, I can trust you with more. 
here's more. Let me release more responsibility to you. Let me release more opportunities to you. If you push against the boundaries, they're going to have to keep it tight because they care about you. But they will release it as that trust and that honor grows within that relationship. This honor of uh, the topic of honoring parents, I want to pick up what kind of seems like a slightly obscure piece of scripture. But as I was reading it, it really impacted me. Again, on, on Jesus' focus on honoring your parents. Matthew 15, 1 to 9. About this time, some Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses came from Jerusalem. They asked Jesus, why don't your disciples obey what our ancestors taught us to do? They don't even wash their hands before they eat. Jesus answered, why do you disobey God and follow your own teaching? Didn't God command you to respect your father and mother? Didn't he tell you to put to death all those who curse their parents? These are strong words, these, right? But you let people get by without helping their parents when they should. You let them say that what they have been... What they have has been offered to God, a word Corbin, which I'll explain in a moment. Is this any way to show respect to your parents? You ignore God's commands in order to follow your own teaching. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they were known for getting together, debating the best rules and the most important and the least important. Let's rank them. Let's put them in, you know, what, you know and that was part of the, the conversation once with Jesus. Well, what's the most important law? What's the most important thing we need to focus on? Love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets, they all hang on those two. You get those two right, everything else falls into place. Now, as I read this passage, it would seem that in verse 34 of the previous chapter, Jesus had just landed in Gennesaret, which was approximately 70 miles or 120 kilometers from Jerusalem. So these scribes and Pharisees had traveled 120 kilometers to have a conversation with Jesus about the fact that when his disciples sat down for a kebab, they didn't wash their hands. Jesus goes, yeah, I I, I know you are wanting me to enter into that conversation. Let me change tack a little bit. (laughs) And he says, actually, you're not even honoring your parents. You've got all this to say about these people who are breaking the rules, but, but even you are not honoring your parents. In fact, you, you say Corbin, which is devoted to God, so Corbin is something that you would reserve just for God. And so, so when you're there to help your parents, you say, no, 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 no that's Corbin. I mean, my parents don't get that. That's devoted to God. And Jesus says, no. <laughs> You give your devotion to your parents, and doing that, you are honoring God. And he was going after that. You know, and remember, these aren't kids he's talking to. These are adults. These are grown men that weren't respecting and honoring their parents. Now, as I said earlier, for some, it's really hard because the way your, your parents raised you, you say, how can I show honor to that? What you can honor is the fact that they gave you life life from God, but that they brought you into this world. Whether they treated you right, you can still show honor. You can say, God, I honor my parents, even if their behavior was unacceptable. And in doing so, you come under that, that covering that God has for us. And I pray, I pray, I really have been praying this week that for those that are hearing these words, and you go, it's too hard. It's too hard to show that honor to my parents when they didn't deserve it that God would do a work in your heart of forgiveness. 
doesn't make it right what they did or, or how they treated you, but that God would do a work in your heart that you would show honor where honor is due. As a team come this morning, I wanna talk about four ways real quickly. How do we honor our parents? How do we show honor to our parents? They all start with A, nice and easy. I'll just fly through them real quick. Number one, we have to accept them. I know it seems obvious, but some of us would like to disown our parents, or so I've heard. Not me, I love my parents. I love my mum and dad. I'm so thankful for them, I really am. Did we always see eye to eye? Not always. There were times though, it's like they'd sit down, come on, watch the sermon. Dad loved to show us sermons from, from a particular preacher that just put me to sleep. <laughs> and now I'm preaching. Funny that, right? Anyone sleeping? <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm thankful they persevered. <laughs> We're perfect parents and they'll be the first to admit it. But you know what? When they got it wrong, they put their hand up and they said, I'm sorry. I'm wanting to do that. I'm trying to do that. Remember one time I got angry and upset with, with Amy and I sulked. Any other guys sulk when you know, things aren't going right? So I went off into my bedroom and had this pitter-patter of feet as my five-year-old daughter runs after me and says, Dad, you've got to make things right with Mum. You're right. I had to ask for not only my wife's forgiveness but also my daughter's forgiveness for the way I was treating her Mum. Come on, that's generational leading up and down, right? That's honor both ways. You've got to accept them. Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father. Come on, listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother when she is old. You've got to accept them. Second thing, you've got to appreciate them. Sometimes we can actually take for granted our parents. Come on, we, we can appreciate them. Every time you see them, if you're still able, if you're able to see them, appreciate them. Every time I see my mum and my dad, always give them a hug. Always say, I love you. And for some, you say, my mum and dad have gone. It's been years, decades, haven't seen them. I wish I could have shown appreciation. Here's what I think you could do. Write a letter. Write a letter and post it to, to somewhere. <laughs> buried in the garden, whatever. But write a letter. Say, Mum, Dad, I just want to say I appreciate you. Third thing we can do is we can affirm them, meaning we can speak life over them. Exodus 21, 17, anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. Those are very strong words. We talked about do not murder. Jesus said, even if you call someone fool, you know, I wish you were dead. We're speaking to the value of life on a human being. So, so if we can speak death with our words, can't we speak life? The power of life and death is, is, is in what? In my tongue. So my words affirming and my words speaking life over my parents. And lastly, act now. We've got to do it now. Because it's very easy to go, oh, that's a challenging message and then do nothing about it. Find a way in the next 24 hours to do something about honoring your parents. Find a way to spend some time with them or 
honour their memory. Speak life. Ephesians 6, 2-4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I think you're allowed to throw a couple of bad dad jokes in there. But come on, honour can go both ways, and it has to go both ways. We just take a moment. Maybe just close your eyes. Just consider your own relationship with your with your parents right now. Maybe you're disappointed in the way you were raised. Maybe you're disappointed disappointed in the way you've responded. Maybe actually you've got a great relationship with your parents. Don't take that for granted. Make sure you keep investing and sowing into that. I just want to pray for every single one of us that all of us will grow in our relationship and our honour of our parents. Father, I thank you. Thank you that our parents have given us life. And Lord, for some, it's, it's difficult to acknowledge that, to show honour. But God, I pray that in our hearts we would still honour the fact that they brought life to us. For those of us that maybe are disappointed in the way we've responded to our own parents. Father, I thank you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, if we need to repent, we do that right now. We, we, we ask for your forgiveness if we haven't treated our parents right. And God, may we take some steps even today to make things right, to call mom, call dad. And God, for those who, who are walking in a great relationship with their parents, Lord, let us not take that for granted but to keep building and growing that relationship with them. And when you've got your head bowed, your eyes closed, you might be saying, well, I'm finding it hard to to honor my parents. I I don't even have a relationship with God. How can I do that without a relationship with God? The Bible tells us that God loves us, loved us so much. He sent his own son, Jesus, into the world to die a death on a cross that we deserve for our sin. He didn't come into the world to judge us, but to save us, save us from sin that separates us. And today, I want to give an opportunity for anybody. If your relationship with God isn't where you know it should be, if you haven't surrendered your heart and your mind to him, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to him today to say, God, I give you my life. Put my trust and my hope in you. I turn for my old way of living. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you. Thank you, Jesus for your sacrifice and the gift of salvation. I receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.